Hi, and welcome back to the Marketing Retail Podcast. I'm Eric Grinley, and I'm joined by Scott Perry. Hey, Eric. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, man. Did you have a good holiday? I did. It was nice and relaxing. Good time. Spent some time with the family and just kind of chill out for a little bit. It was good. How about you? Oh, yeah. No, I... It was good. Uh, you know, it's nice to have a little bit of a break, but, um, you know, glad to be back at it. And it's, uh, you know, it's always tough whenever you go on break and you come back and just things are just piling up and piling up. That doesn't slow down, doesn't wait for us to to do anything. It, you know, work knows no break kind of thing. No, it's a fast re-engagement. It's like coming yeah. back in off of orbit or something. Yeah. Well, I know, like, you know, the last time that we talked and we did this podcast, uh, um, you know, after that, we uh, we had a bunch of stuff going on. Um, we went to uh, the Furniture Today Leadership Conference um, I know you uh, headed up to New York um, for that uh, next tech conference. Um, so I figured like, you know, we could start by like kind of talking a little bit about those two conferences and, and how they went and and why people might want to attend things like this in the future. So, um, you know, uh, obviously Furniture Day Leadership Conference, I've been going to that for, for a few years now. Um, I don't know how many years you've been attending it, but it's always a pretty good conference. You know, I love the fact that there's a lot of great networking opportunities there. Um, you know, because it's not like market where it's like really busy and everybody's in the shopping mode, you know, really people are there to learn and to uh, um, really kind of share ideas and find out what's going on in the industry. Uh, so, um, you know, how did, how did you like it? I love that conference. You know, that's the furniture industry doesn't have a lot of conferences that really get me excited. That's one that I just love to go to, you know, connecting with peers you know, learning what's new, the content was good, the venue was nice. It's it's an it's an awesome conference. And I, I learned I felt like I learned a lot and I felt like I was able to kind of give back to the furniture industry a little bit with some of my ideas and thoughts. So, you know, it's that sharing of information, the sharing of ideas, and just the social aspect of it. You know, it was nice to be back in person, shaking hands giving high fives in the hallway, seeing people you haven't maybe seen for a little while. Uh, it was great. I love that conference. Yeah, me too. I actually think it's one of probably the, the best ones. That one and the, obviously the, the mattress conference that they put on that'll be coming up this summer is a really great one as well. All those smaller conferences, um, you know, really seem to make, I, I find like a bigger difference than, than anything else. And I really think it's just like the mindset that people come in with and, and the ability to really kind of sit down and have a conversation, which, doesn't really typically happen that often at, at bigger conferences, you know, like at, at market, it seems like you're always lucky to have like maybe a 15 minute conversation with someone, you know, you're not going to sit there and spend 35, 45 minutes, you know, having a conversation, maybe getting a drink or something like, you know, um, unless it's like after hours and you run into somebody maybe, but, uh, for the most part, when you're running throughout the day, you're just running and going, but, um, at the leadership conferences, uh, you have really much more time to relax and kind of really get to know people and, and, and really have that, um, you know, thoughtful exchange. So, um, yeah. you know, and I know Bill and his team did a great job of the content too. You know, the oh, yeah. was interesting, there were, there was excitement, you know, I was, I was like listening and really kind of, you know, zoning in on it and it was good. Yeah. Um, and obviously you did a panel there, um, um, more so about what mattresses and bedding and, and really kind of how to get better sell through and, um, sort of give that same uh, look and feel that you get on the website or in store to on the website and vice that's versa, exact, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, you know, we spent months redesigning what our online mattress experience looks like with the goal of better connecting the online and in-store experience and making it easy. Mattresses are just a pain in the butt to really do right on a website. You know, there's so many different variations. You've got 
different comfort levels, you know, soft, medium, firm. You've got different sizes. You've got different bases and box springs. And then you've got sheets and pillows and mattress protectors. And, and to kind of put all that together the right way was a big challenge. But my team is, uh, you know, they're champs and they, they solved that challenge. And I think we have one of the best online mattress experiences that there are out there, including the mattress firms of the world. I think we really nailed it. So yeah, anyway, no, I agree. Showcase that and also kind of show some of the results from that as well. Yeah, really. I mean, if, if you, if you have a mattress business out there and it's attached to a, a furniture store, even if it's a standalone, you should really go check out Jerome's website and, and how they're doing that because they did really invest a lot of time and energy into, into revamping that and making it and make it work. Um, which a lot of people haven't been able to figure out. It's like, you know, uh, the online mattress sort of world got really kind of, uh, blown up when, uh, when disruptors came in with the bed in the box stuff, but you know, they, uh, the, the retail world was really kind of lagging behind and trying to figure out what they were going to do and how they were going to compete. And it's really kind of hard to make mattresses interesting in store and online. So, you know, to, to really kind of come up with something that's working and, and really being able to generate in-store sales and leads is, is, uh, no, um, no small feat. No. And that's, I mean, it's such an important part of our business. It's, it's north of 20% of our retail sales. Um, it's a high margin product. And, you know, I think it's, it's maybe easier to execute if you have a small selection, you know, like the bed in the box guys, they've got a few different kind of products out there, but we've got like 25 different mattresses and all the variations of, you know, you know, it's just a lot to kind of put together. So, Oh yeah. Challenge, I mean, like, fun. <clears throat> yeah. You know, you think about it as a consumer, right? Like when I go into even shop for a mattress in store, it's, it's a little bit overwhelming and confusing. It's like, what is the difference between mattress A and mattress B? And it's so it. sometimes small it's, and minute that like figuring that out is difficult. It's mysterious. So it, you know, and I mean, the way I shop for things around value, I want to know what's in it too. You know, what do all these layers mean? Why is this mattress a thousand dollars and this one's $3,000 and to really be able to see, you know, the difference with a comparison grid and understand the materials that are put in there. Or this one is handmade or the covers, you know, this and the different foams and latex and Callaway latex. And what is a, you know, individually wrapped coil mean? How does coil count matter? There's, there's so much mystery around it that mm -hmm. when you demystify that the customer understands you get, you're kind of getting what you pay for to a certain degree, but you also need to kind of test these in person. And so part of it's also education. It's not just about the product. It's how do I shop for a mattress? You know, what yeah. do I look for? And just trying to, trying to educate along the way. I think the customers appreciate that as well. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that people started buying mattresses online without really laying on them or sleeping on them because that is completely opposite to how I would shop for a mattress, right? When I shop for a mattress, I want to lay on it and and really kind of feel it. That's why um, a lot of the mattresses that like uh, we've bought for our house in like the last 10 years have come from sleeping on them at hotels because then I go, well, I've really spent some time on this. I really do know that I like it um, because like spending 30 seconds on a mattress in a store is really one. It's an awkward situation. It's like, Hey, lay down on this. You know, like, how do you, yeah, it's so awkward. Like, um, Salespeople that are good at getting people to relax in that in that position and like getting them to lay down and actually um, sort of be able to enjoy it, I think are very skilled because I'm the type of person where like I don't I don't really want to lay down, but ultimately 
you have to lay on it in order to know whether or not you yeah, should you buy it. You know? It's weird because you feel like everyone in the store's looking at you. And it's kind of hard. Uh, you know, nailing that in-store experience is, is half the battle. You know, making sure it's a comfortable environment that the, the customer kind of feels at ease to, to go and do that. Um, I've seen, you know, if you look at the Casper stores um, inside of malls, you know, they've got some retail locations. They've got like this little tent around the bed. And I kind of like that. I don't know if mm. you've seen that, but you can actually have go it. in and close this little tent and you can roll around and, and, and flip and flop like you would when you sleep. And really kind of get get to know the mattress. And I, I like that. I think that's kind of. I good. think that's smart because it is like it's like weird. Like all these people are looking at me. I'm laying on this mattress like it's really hard to get comfortable. I had a friend who was um, shopping for a mattress like literally uh, in the last like two weeks. And he was texting me from the store like what's the difference between this one and that one? And I was like, look, you just got to lay on it because the differences between those two mattresses that you're looking at are very, very small, you know? And ultimately the main thing I told him was like, you need to figure out first if you're like a, a soft, medium or firm type person, because that's like the biggest thing. And the majority of people usually just default to medium, but like that makes the biggest difference, at least in my opinion, you know, um, when, when you're really trying to figure it out, like if you can figure that out first and you can figure out all the rest after. It does. And a mattress is just an individual thing. You know, everyone has a different body type, you know, different width shoulders. And, you know, it's such an individualized experience. You really have to just lay on it, you know, try different pillows. There's, there's so much to the sleep experience. It's not mm -hmm. all about the mattress, the firmness level, the pillow that you're using. And you just kind of need to invest the time, you know, if you're going to go shop for mm -hmm. a mattress, Take your time, you know, let your guard down, roll around in the showroom like you would, you know, lay yeah. in there with your spouse or significant other and, and you know, take How are you? So when you're marketing these, um, you know, what are you all doing in order to really kind of, you know, I guess you're, you're lessening the choices for them, you know, um, by kind of funneling them in a certain direction online. And then once you get there, what are you doing to really kind of convince them or explain to them that they really need to come in and try this thing out? Like that, that is going to be the, the end deciding so, factor. We use the medium of video to really point that out. So Jerry Navarra, you know, he's, he's the, the main guy here at our business. He's been around for a long time. He know he's very passionate about mattresses and how people shop for them. So I worked with him and our marketing department, and we kind of created a video where Jerry speaks into the camera and really explains how to shop for a mattress, you know, um, the pros and cons of bed in the box. And he goes through the process of like paired comparison, just like you would eyeglasses, you know, try these and then pick the favorite one and then try these and just kind of narrow down your selection by actually laying on them and trying them. And, and the best way to get that experience is in the store with a highly trained sleep expert. You know, our salespeople are not allowed to just, you know, on day one, you're selling mattresses. They have to go through a fairly rigorous um, training program. They have to shadow a seasoned salesperson. It takes a few months before they're actually kind of allowed to, to go through and, and help customers in that way. because. We're real particular about that. Sure. So, and know, then are you all going out? Your video. Yeah. And then are you going out and actually marketing out the fact that you have these sleep experts that can help you to, you know, uh, choose a mattress? Are you Absolutely. are you using that? <clears throat> Absolutely, we are. 
Yeah. I feel like that that kind of can really kind of help guide people, especially if you're going after people that have been out shopping. Like if you're if you're targeting people that have been shopping for a mattress, you know, they've probably been overwhelmed. One thing that we've talked about, I don't know, not you and I don't think I've talked about this, but we've said it a lot um, internally is that, you know, especially when the first time you buy a mattress, um, you know, like you grow up kind of knowing that like a Mercedes Benz is, you know, high end and, you know, the Honda's maybe middle of the road. And, you know, um, you, you have this understanding of brand and where it, where it lies with quality, essentially, or what the brand image stands for in quality. You also have somewhat of an idea of what these things kind of cost. Um, but the first time you go into a mattress store, you know, you're, you're, you might have 25 different brands to look at. You might have 25 different mattresses to look at. Um, and you don't really have that association of brand to cost. And so then you lay on all these mattresses and it might be that the one that you really like all of a sudden is, you know, $3,000, $4,000 versus the one that you thought that you were going to be affording maybe is, you know, eight ninety nine. but then you lay on that and realize that that's, you know, not where you want to be. And so that journey of buying a mattress for the first time buyer can really be a long one, especially when you think like for the younger generation that's out there. Um, usually their first mattress has been gifted to them. You know, they didn't purchase that themselves. It was gifted to them or, or given to them. And so there's a lot of education that has to happen with that, um, where you just even get associated to a brand, uh, a product and a, and a price that you're used to, because it can be a, um, you know, a shocker to go into a store or lay on a mattress, but man, this thing's amazing. I'd love to buy this. Then you look at the price tag and you're like, well, I'm not going to buy that, you know? Um, so, you know, it's just a different journey for the different customers. Yeah, we try to we try to make it affordable through financing and then also, you know, just just trying to sell that customer. You know, there's there's few there's few areas of your life where you want to make an investment. You know, you spend so much time in your mat, in your bed, in your mattress. Uh, sleep is such an important and vital part of health overall. So so make that investment and, and we'll break it yeah. down into a monthly payment you can afford you know, if you need financial help, but, you know, it's an investment in yourself, you know, getting a nice mattress. So you try to kind of weave that into the sales pitch, but it's, it's true. Yeah. So um, I know you also attended that, um, that next tech conference um, up in New York, um, which sounds pretty interesting. And um, who was that put on by? That was put on by Adweek magazine. Um, and next tech was really around more marketing technology focused than anything. And it was in New York city. It was a great conference. I had a good time there. Awesome. I thought it was really interesting. You're telling me that they um, it seemed like a lot of it was focused around the usage of data and and really kind of, you know, powering your data and harnessing the power of your data, which is obviously something you and I have, you know, screamed mm -hmm. about for years to people. And um, I think it's great that, you know, there's conferences that are really kind of pushing that as well. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I'm, I'm still surprised at, at how many retailers don't really leverage their customer data to its full potential. You know, the reality is you're sitting on a gold mine of data. You know, you know, you've got people's information, you've got what they bought, their purchase history, and really leveraging that in two ways. The first way is really just understanding your customer, you know, and that can be extremely different store by store by store based on the geography of people that live around the store. But really understanding who is my customer, who do I attract? And then taking another pass at that, why do our customer profiles look like this? Is it because of the demographics around the store? Is it a result partly of our marketing channels that attract certain demographics differently than others? You know, and then the third thing is, 
okay, who do we want more of in our customer profiles that we're attracting and using that same data to target? You know, we load all of our customer data. We have a customer data platform. We load all that into LiveRamp. <clears throat> we understand who our customers are. And that also allows us to target our messages across all of our channels to customers we know we attract that like our brand. So it's, it's a, you know, and the results are phenomenal. You know, we see yeah. a much higher return on ad spend, higher purchase frequency, higher customer lifetime value when we are, you know, make sure we're in front of the right people. And it also just gets us really efficient, you know, which is something we're really trying to do in 2023, all about efficiency and testing. Oh yeah, no doubt. You know, it's interesting. You um, uh, talk about how like different channels can affect the customer that you get in store. Absolutely. Um, we, we just started doing this study recently internally looking at um, uh, over the last year of testing for um, streaming television campaigns, um, you know, like what is that driving for response in store? And so far the data that I've seen has been coming in somewhere around like an increase of about $400 on average per ticket um, wow. for those that came in via a television ad than those that came in just for, from like a social or display placement or something of that nature. But if they got a streaming television ad, they're typically buying more or buying more expensive things, which is interesting. Um, and so obviously we're going to dive more into that to figure out like what, what would maybe be even more root cause of that or what programs are they watching, trying to look at more data. But just to see an increase in the overall ticket price, you know, across the board on those customers that are coming in through that channel, I think is um, very important. And it, and it really tells the, the story that like you are going to get different people for the different mediums that they're, they're watching or that they're affected by. Absolutely. And we see the same thing. <clears throat> you know, one thing that was surprising when we went through our customer analysis was we're skewing a lot older than we thought we were. And part of that is because historically we've been, you know, very heavy into broadcast TV and specifically non-skippable type content. So the morning news, the evening news, some sporting events. So then, you know, when you look at it from that lens, it's like, well, no wonder we're seeing so many of these silver sophisticates for an older generation. And there's nothing wrong with that. They got disposable income. <clears throat> you know, they're not still paying for kids in college. They got you know, they got money to spend. So that's fine. But we also want more of those families. So we have to kind of look at that. And, and, you know, we target those maybe a little bit more because they'll yeah. be around longer, you know, so we can kind of work on them. It's interesting what you said before about seeing that higher average order value with people that are coming in um, from TV ads, uh, specifically streaming, we see this, we see a similar thing we're not bifurcating the streaming versus the broadcast, but one thing that we do that's really cool, and maybe this is a takeaway for the audience is, you know, we, we always look at Google Analytics, we look at clickstream data to really understand what's happening on the website. It doesn't always tell the whole story. <clears throat> so one thing we did back in September of last year is we put a survey on the site. What inspired you to come to jeromes.com today? And then you've got 10 randomized options. So the, 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 sort, the order of the choices is always randomized. Super simple survey. You just choose like TV, catalog, email marketing, Google search. You know, you've got social media, Instagram, TikTok. You've got all these different things. And then we have that creating uh, Google Analytic events based on your response. So now 
we're hearing it directly from the customer's mouth. What inspired you to come? Because you never know, and it doesn't always show up in clickstream data. No. You may be inspired by Instagram on your phone, and then you go on your computer later, and there's no way to connect the dots. So just asking that question and then following the conversion rate and average order value based on the response that customers give, <clears throat> it made a world of difference in how we kind of look at things. Oh, yeah. No, I think that's a great idea. Um, are you incentivizing customers at all to uh, actually no. fill out the survey? No, no, no. We've got it set to where it'll fire on about 25 to 30% of customers that are on the site for more than 15 seconds. And it's a super hmm. unobtrusive, simple little thing that pops up. You choose the response and it goes away. So it, you know, it's not interrupting your experience too much. It's just a quick little thing. If you don't want to do it, you mm -hmm. can X out of it. But we're seeing 40% of people actually respond to the survey and we're getting thousands and thousands of responses. So we feel good about the data um, and it's giving us just amazing information that you just wouldn't think about. Yeah, it's interesting. I saw um, a site the other day um, and I thought it was really interesting the way that they were trying to capture that type of survey data. They were doing it on um, during the checkout process um, when the person would fill in their shipping information. So you'd fill in your shipping information, but before you could hit submit. So you've already you've already basically committed, right? You filled out all I've the first invested. two. Yeah, you filled out the first two or three forms, right? So you're already in the process. Now you're just basically confirming your shipping address. And then they would ask you, you know, what brought you here today? And they had a list of so many different places, um, you know, and, and different items that you could choose from. And it was just literally click and then you click one and then you could hit submit to submit your address. Um, and so I thought that was really interesting because it's like, you know, typically when you do those surveys, you know, you're going to get some people that fill it out and some people that aren't. And, you know, and you also don't know if people are just going to click something random, which you still don't know even in the checkout process. But at least in the checkout process, you've already committed to it. You're not going to scare them away. They're not going to, you know, jump off the page. The always the fear of doing any sort of pop up, you know, is that people are going to go, oh, pop up, and then they close out and they leave. Um, but uh, you know, it 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 usually if it's not that obtrusive, it doesn't affect traffic that much. That would spook me to do that in the shopping cart, though. Yeah, you know, just adding an extra step. I mean, I don't know. I I would test that. We've tested. And we look at the data, like people that answer the survey, people that skip the survey, people that were served the survey versus not. And we really mm -hmm. don't see it affecting conversion rate at all. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's like a non-factor with conversion rate. So we feel safe with the current setup. I'm not sure I'd mm -hmm. want to test it in the cart, but that's an interesting idea as well. Yeah, I know. I thought it was interesting. I think one thing that might be really cool to try out is um, if you did it almost like CAPTCHA, Right. Where it's yeah. like, so you say like, prove you're not a robot. Tell us where you came from, you know? Um, and I would uh, maybe do it after they submit the order. Oh I yeah. Would, yeah. That was the would... same thing that they did. It was like, basically like I, you know, I submitted my credit card information. I had put in my name, my address, all my information. I submitted my credit card information. Then it brought me to the next thing, which was like basically to confirm shipping and confirm the shipping address. And when I, you know, I've already ordered it. It just asked me to confirm my shipping address, which is probably not even a relevant step. It's probably not even necessary. They probably just added an extra page and made it look like I needed to confirm these things when it's really just an order confirmation page. And then it's asking you to confirm also where you came from and then you hit submit and you're done. So even if I closed out, I had already purchased it. I just yeah, didn't have to confirm my address, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, but it was just done in such a way that it seemed like it was part of the checkout process. Like I had to do it. So I, I just think that it's a really interesting way of, of capturing data. But anyways, um, 
Well, let's, uh, we're at about 23 minutes. So, um, you know, just a couple of quick things and then we'll kind of wrap up. Um, you know, I know we're trying to keep these under 30 and, um, uh, you know, for the audience. So obviously we got Vegas market coming up. Um, you know, we'll be there. Um, uh, Esquire will be there in the HFA Resource Center. Um, which obviously anybody out there can, you know, find lots of information on different vendors, um, you know, in the HFA Resource Center, there's tons of things that you can get into and, and um, get answers to lots of questions on anything from logistics to marketing and CRMs. I mean, you name it, financing opportunities, they have That's everything there. That's a great place there. to visit and troll around. Some people miss that, that area because they're so focused on product, but yeah. my recommendation would be don't miss it. And I no, think maybe, yeah, definitely. Maybe you got a little recognition there too. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, this morning they just announced at the uh, HFA annual meeting that Esquire is the 2023 HFA Retail Partner of the Year. Um, so impressive. Um, Congrats. Yeah. To, thank you. Yeah, to get that Partner of the Year award really means a lot to us. Like it kind of just goes to show the level um, of service that our our team is giving out to to the different HFA members across the United States. So. Um, Amazing. I was really kind of blown away. Mark uh, Schumacher had called me last week to kind of give me the heads up and let me know. And I, I was uh, uh, a little bit speechless at the time because I just it was something we were not expecting at all. So um, really just a, a, a great honor. Wow. That's a um, nice feather in the cap. Yeah. Are you going to be at Vegas Market? I'm not going to be at this one. Okay. Yeah. What about the rest of the team from Jerome's? Are they coming out? Oh, they're all going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This one I can't, I can't do. We have a lot of development work. Uh, unexpectedly in the works. So I just, I couldn't make this one. I'll probably be at the next one though. Awesome. All right. Well, um, I, I guess that's it for this week um, for the uh, Marketing Retail Podcast. Um, again, we, you know, we'll be at Vegas Market or I'll be at Vegas Market. Um, make sure you stop by the HFA Resource Center. Come talk to podcast, talk about marketing, see what else is out there. Um, you know, till the next time, I'm Eric Grinley. And I'm Scott Perry.